welcome in to presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, tonight, for the first time ever, we've got Marissa Saez here. Uh, how's it going, Marissa? It is going good. It is late, but um, I'm excited to be on here. It is so late. Um, so for those of you who don't know, which you should, Marissa is our new social media director at uh, DMVR. Wow, can't remember the place that <laughs> Um, but she's also a basketball person. She played basketball in college. She's covered a lot of basketball. And she came to Boulder with me tonight uh, to cover this game. And now we're going to talk about the game, which I think is going to be fun. There were definitely some low points, but it was it was a lot of fun. And it was the first time we got to see some of those new guys. And I thought it was encouraging, right? Oh, I, I definitely feel like it kept us on our toes. I mean, you told me ahead of time, like, this is going to be interesting and I mean, it did not disappoint. They they definitely kept it interesting. They did. They really did. At no point did it, it – I mean, there actually was one point where it felt safe. Like, with, like, two minutes left in overtime, they had everything under control. Uh-huh. And then somehow it wound up being, like, a one-possession game at the end again still. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Let's just jump in um, with these biggest takeaways here. I can go first. What is the biggest takeaway tonight? Let's let's go positive. Let's go with just how resilient those those guys were. I mean, the fact that they were down by what did it get to sixteen points, fourteen points, sixteen points, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, they were still able to come back, and it wasn't again always pretty. But the fact that they were able to make that run, get the crowd going, I think that not only is that a, a good sign for the team to to show that they're capable of doing that. But also, it's just great for those young guys to go through that and, and see what that feels like. And in some ways, it might be more useful than having a blowout win. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely think, you know, when we were talking to the players afterward, I think their biggest um, comment was we were locked in. Um, mm-hmm. And it was one of those things that you definitely saw in and out of the game. Um they definitely are a young team, which you can see and some of the mistakes they make. Um, but they didn't stop and they didn't quit. And I think it would have been really easy for them to do that, especially, like I said, coming from such a young mindset. Um, but they fought hard and they pushed all the way to the end. And obviously it came out um, the way that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. It was good enough. And at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. Um, what, what's, your, what's your biggest takeaway here, Marissa? <sighs> I would have to say my biggest takeaway, again, going back to the fact that they're a really young team, um, but they do have a lot of work defensively um, <laughs> that they're going to have to <laughs> they're going to have to work on. Like coach said, you know, it's going to come down to film and not focusing too much on the mistakes they made tonight. But there was a lot of times where I felt like, you know, help defense wasn't there. Um, coach talked about their screens. They aren't really good at, you know, switching on those screens. And so their person would get lost a ton. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, points came through. And then just like those easy, you know, points that they got from the free throw line, um, those easy fouls that you can easily avoid. So. Yeah. I mean, the defense is a work in progress and, I think that, so, you know, Tad Boyle, he's a defensive-minded coach. It's all about defense and rebounding mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so I think it's pretty easy to go into a season like this and say, well, that end of the court, you don't have to worry about that end of the court. You never do because right. that's what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And then you remember that all these young guys, I mean, they've never guarded college basketball players before. And there's a big difference between guarding a 17, 18-year-old and 
guarding even even I know it's Montana State. It's not the the scariest opponent, but there's still guys who've been playing college basketball for three, four years, and they're 21, 22, some of them 23 years old. That's that's a challenge for a guy like KJ Simpson or Lawson Lovering to to go out there and just try to make it look like you belong because at this point, like they just don't have that experience. You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's one of those things going into college, you know, when you're in high school, you're the best player on your high school team Mm -hmm. going into college. Everybody was the best high school player on their team. And you're competing at a level where they all know what they're doing. The speed is, you know, up or it's, it's gotten faster. The game itself has gotten faster. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, players are quicker. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a rude awakening. And so for a young team, it's, you have to learn quickly because you have a lot of season left. Um, but this was a great start. I mean, playing, you know, Montana State, this was a great way to get an idea, you know, where they are, what they need to do, and and where to go from there. Absolutely. Um, real quick, Laurie, mind anybody who's watching on like Twitter, Facebook, whatever, move over to YouTube. It's much better. There's less lag, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can you can add comments that we can see. Uh, you can have <laughs> questions in there that we will answer later on. Just throw them in there. Um, this won't be the longest show because, in case you guys haven't noticed, it's the middle of the night. But uh, we'll we'll be here for a while, and we'll be hanging out and answering questions. So make sure you get over there. Make sure you give us a like. Make sure you subscribe so you know that when we do this again. Um, and uh, we will try not to disappoint you. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, I I am concerned. I think that I mean, at the same time, there were a lot of great shots that Montana State made, and mm-hmm. and it's an issue that they got so many open threes. I think Tad said that they gave up at least 15 points just off of messing up, switching ball screens. And a lot of those came from the three point line. Um, But to Montana state's credit, they did knock them down. I mean, there was the one at the end of the game, the, the, it should have been the reason that Colorado couldn't push it to overtime, but just late in the shot clock, a guy has to throw up a shot and he makes like a 30 footer, maybe even longer than that. And if they're going to do that, they're going to do that. And so while I don't want to give excuses for what the defense did tonight, mm-hmm. it was a pretty solid performance from Montana state. And that shouldn't be discredited. Right. I mean, like, you know, going back to, you know, Montana state, Xavier Bishop, I believe it was number one, mm-hmm. the point guard. I mean, he threw a shot up from, you know, almost half court. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the range that he had, was phenomenal i mean you can't guard something like that or you don't expect to guard something like that especially in this you know this level but i mean they were dropping stuff left and right towards the end of the game and so the fact that you know cu was able to come back from that and figure out how to kind of offensively you know start scoring um you got to give it to them again defensively it will come it's just they're a really young team they they need some work they need to learn how to communicate um and switching on screens is hard i mean hedging over screens anything that has to do with a screen especially defensively and coming from you know being a freshman sophomore that that age like it's a lot and like you said these guys are fast and so trying to you know figure that out it's just again well it's just going to have to you know progress through the season there's just so many little things and just even just with the screens alone, I remember one play where, you know, the Montana State sets a screen, Eli Parquet is guarding the ball handler, and Lawson Lovering's got the, the, the guy who's setting the pick, and Eli has him locked up. 
Eli is a preseason all Pac-12 defender. He's going to be one of the best defensive guards in this conference this season. And Lawson tries to help him out just a little bit too much. And then all of a sudden you have Eli still clamping down the guard. You have Lawson kind of in the middle of nowhere because he thinks he needs to help. And then somebody winds up wide open on what for a second what looked like a great defensive performance. And just right. – there's so many little pieces from from trusting Eli Parquet mm-hmm. to be able to guard whoever he's guarding to just understanding where everybody is on the floor. And it has to be so frustrating for them, too, to be turning around with five seconds on the shot clock thinking that you've done great. And all of a sudden there's just somebody wide open. But it's right. it's it's a problem. And, and I'll say biggest takeaway, I think the rebounding is a problem. And yeah. you look at the numbers and, and it says – Colorado won, um, whether you look at like the totals, the the offensive boards, whatever. But it seemed like, especially down the stretch, there were so many times where Montana State was able to get the ball back and, and get another chance to score. And they didn't always convert. But mm-hmm. when you're playing these games that are so close down to the wire, you can't be giving up those extra possessions. And I love Evan Batty. And there's a lot of things he does really well. And honestly, mm-hmm. rebounding is one of them. But he's just not the kind of guy who's able to get up really high and go get a board. Right. Like, he's able right. to box out, and the ball's going to come to him sometimes. And, and he'll clear out space for guys like Jabari Walker and Tristan Da Silva. Eventually, mm-hmm. those guys need to go get those boards, though, because he's he's not a jumper. He's not, right. he's not who he is. Well, and I, I think even Coach said it in the press conference. Like, his belief is – it's a team effort. And for this team, everybody's got to box out. That even includes the wings, you know, and the point guard, like everybody's got to make an effort. And it seemed like it was just not consistent enough. And I think you and I were even talking like some point in the game where we were like, they're doing really great, but the score doesn't reflect that. Like there's something that just doesn't seem right. And I, th- we sat there for a while and I think it came down to free throws mm-hmm. and um, the second chance or second chance shots. And it's just like, you know, they, they need to find a way where one, they're not making a stupid foul where they're making that mistake of reaching in when they don't need to, but also finding a body and boxing out. Um, and like, like you said, they just, they couldn't get that down. And that was something that, I mean, could have changed the game easily. Like it could have been the other way around tonight. Um, they just got lucky. For sure. And I think that, you know, so when we had that conversation, the score was like 27 to 24, Colorado was in front, something like that. Mm-hmm. They have a three-point lead, and you just look through and say, okay, well, they're shooting 50% from three, so, so right. that's not an issue. They, they, they have more turnovers, but there's not a significant discrepancy. There's, like, there's just so many things that you look at, and you say, well, why aren't they up by more than three points? And it just feels like there's still something that's missing. At that point, it was free throws. And, and after that, Colorado, I mean, did they, they shoot like 37 free throws tonight? I think it was like 37 to 14. Yeah. That's in front of me right now. But I'm trying to look here. Yeah, I think a, you're correct. It's it's weird. And it's just a young team. You know, we talked about KJ Simpson. You know, he did so many things that just looked great. Um, it seemed like whenever he wanted to get by the, the guard in front of him, he could do it. Oh, but sure. then you get by him and get into the paint, the entire defense would collapse, and it'd be one on four, and he'd try to get a shot up, and it wouldn't get anywhere close because, of course, it doesn't. You're a small guy, and there's four really big guys around you. Um, and, and it's just the next step of kicking it out 
and getting the ball to a right. shooter because obviously at least somebody's open. Um, but that's something we saw Jabari Walker do at, at mm-hmm. the end there um, to, to get the, the, the ball to Eli who makes the three that sends the game to overtime. I don't know. I feel like you look at Jabari in particular and say like, it felt like there was growth from him even from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. Right. Uh, just, just a really weird game, honestly, which is kind of what you expect, just like a roller coaster with this team this year. Yeah, well, and I like like you said, I think for all the players, it was progressively growing throughout this game, like learning. And again, you saying trust, it's trusting your teammates, knowing that like if the defense does collapse, then you have, you know, four other people spread out that you can you can hit at any point in time or or one more shot you know one more pass instead of just going up for that shot and trying to force that shot mm-hmm. um but you know talking about just the movement i mean they did a, i mean i think towards the end of the game there was a full court press um that they were going against and they did a great job you know breaking that and, and getting down the court and finding mm-hmm. each other but it just i think they took too long to figure it out um, and I think that may affect them in the next game that they play, or it could affect them for the season. Like they need to figure this out quicker, but they did fine, you know, just trying to get open, trying to find those shots. Um, and it started to, they started to get a rhythm later in the game. And luckily, you know, it went into overtime, which allowed them to really get that going. Yeah. I think, uh, I think my last big takeaway is just that, the, I mean, obviously they had foul trouble, but that that can really tank this team um, mm-hmm. because you just look at the way it's constructed. I mean, you, you start with Jabari at the four, Evan at the five, and then you bring Lawson in. Um, and, and he's, I mean, technically like your backup five, but, but he can right. come in and then you move Evan down or whatever you piece together those three somehow. Um, and in a pinch, you can move Tristan to Silva from the three to the four and have him play back there. But then that just kind of opens up some other issues tonight. There was all sorts of foul trouble. I mean, Evan, I think he he had two fouls in six minutes early on. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't play the rest of the first half. He comes in the start of the second half, and it takes him 90 seconds to get a third foul. And so then he has to go sit again. Um, right. You've got you've got Lawson Lovering. He he had two fouls in seven minutes, um, then sat out, and what he had his fourth within 10 minutes on the court, something like that. Chris mm-hmm. uh, and De Silva did something similar to that, um, but didn't wind up fouling out like Lawson did. There were struggles. And, and obviously the big loss there is Evan. Um, right. Because he still wound up with something like 17 points in 21 minutes. I think it was 16 in 21 minutes because he is the veteran out there who, mm-hmm. when you play a team like Montana State, he's going to be able to, to beat whoever is guarding him. You know, I can't remember number 13's name for Montana State, but he was causing trouble specifically when Evan wasn't out there because when you have a grown man, you just need a grown man to nullify that. And right now, Lawson Lovering or Tristan De Silva, Jabari, whatever, they can't stop somebody who is just that big and that strong and that refined. And not having Evan out there really hurt the team, obviously. Um, And that's what's going to continue to happen if he's not out there. Um, and I think that that's something that makes a lot of sense when you think about it, but it's not something that really crossed my mind coming into this season is, you know, we talk a lot about Jabari Walker and foul trouble, um, how important it is that he is able to avoid that this season. 
Evan, it's even more important because he is Mm -hmm. your defensive anchor and everything does kind of revolve around him on that end. And in games like this, he's, he's your big scoring punch too. It turns out. Yeah. Well, and I think like you, you talk about, we, we talk about leaders on the team, obviously Evan's a leader and he kind of sets everybody or creates that rhythm for people. Um, when he leaves, that means someone needs to step up. And I think that's where that foul trouble was. I mean, like there was, and obviously the refs weren't helping the situation tonight. There was definitely times where like, you know, a charge, it should have been a charge and it was considered a block. Like you can't control that. That's something that's going to happen. Like you can't, you know, make the refs, call in your favor. Um, if they're going to call a bad game, they're going to call a bad game. Um, but they need to have that help. And going back as a team, like having that help defense, so you're not reaching in when you're going for those things. Um, and it's more of a team effort. I mean, you'll have those leaders that are going to help you kind of, you know, get past those defensive mistakes, but it needs to be a team effort. So you're not you know, relying on one person. So when they do go into that foul trouble or they do go sit on the bench for that rest moment, you know, you're not losing, um, you know, kind of that structure as a team. And that's what I think happened tonight. And I agree with you. I think foul trouble's really big right now. Um, and it's going to be an issue if they don't figure it out. But, you know, they're going to get there and, it, and it's going to, it's just going to take time. Yeah, I agree. Um, any other big takeaways before we move along? Um, no, I just think, you know, I think this is going to be a great team and I'm excited to see what they do this season. And I'm excited to see what happens in the next couple of years as well. I mean, this is just, this is kind of the, the, the spark that lights everything. It's, it's been an exciting night. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I totally agree. I think that is a good last takeaway. This, it, it was really fun. Like it was, it was. a coaster. <laughs> they did some really, really terrible things, but they also made some great plays and were able to find a way to win. And the talent was just so obvious. Like you look at Loss and Lovering down there, and it's just like, okay, why don't you take that shot when you're on balance? Like, like you have five inches on the guy in front of you. Yes, you made like a nice little move. Why is this an awkward fadeaway? Whatever. It could, it could, you just reach over the guy, just reach over the guy, just be tall. And with KJ, it's like, just make the pass at the end and you got somebody wide open. And there's so many of those little things that once they just start clicking, this team will be really good. And who knows, there's a chance that doesn't happen until next year, but there's, there's a chance that they get it figured out in the next couple of weeks and give Tennessee and Kansas and whoever else a run. And that would be a lot of fun. Well, and I also think it's cool before we, you know, switch up, you know, mm-hmm. to something else, but I think it, just the atmosphere, like the crowd cheering, like you could see these players not even able yeah. to contain like the next, the excitement um, just from hearing people just get loud and excited. And that, that was the cool part was seeing like, cause we came off of COVID, which, you know, like there yeah. were no fans. It's silent. Like I was in gyms where they had fake crowd noise and it's not even in comparison to having, you know, a ton of people just screaming and getting hyped and it kind of gets you going and so seeing these guys actually experience that, um, especially the new, you know, the, the young ones, like it was just really cool. And I, you know, I can't wait to see as it progresses how they react and how it helps motivate them, which it did tonight, but how it truly gets them going um, as the season plays on. Absolutely. And I mean, the young guys, it's a lot of fun, but even Evan, like when he's just going out there and like, obviously like from the first time he's on the court, 
Like they they announce his name and he runs out there. The gym just goes insane. Oh, he, yeah. he hits a three pointer. The gym goes insane. I mean, anything Evan does, people love it. Like they just announce that he's coming back on the court and and they'll freak out. But then Evan is running down there the student section. He's hyping everybody up. He's giving high fives on the bench. Like I thought when when he came out uh, when they were intentionally. Foul, no, it, it wasn't that one. It was when he came out and put the Silva in for whatever reason in, in overtime um, that Evan was over on the bench just, like, screaming. KJ's, like, right next to him. You see Evan just, like, hunched over in the corner. Like, he's teaching those guys how to be the, the hype men on the bench in the short time that he's there during the end of the game when there's energy. And just watching Evan tonight, I mean, it's – it's a reminder of what that is like and what his relationship is with these fans. And we've got five more months of it. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see kind of this victory lap for him, as well as all these uh, young guys uh, growing. Also, we've got uh, John E. here with the uh, super chat saying, let's go Buffs. Nice comeback. It was a nice comeback. A lot of things that happened before that comeback. We'll get to those later. But uh, <laughs> You know what I need right now? I need a beer from Breckenridge Brewery. You need a beer. Uh, okay. That's what that's what we need after a game like that. So much stress. Now it's time to unwind, talk about the game. I got some writing to do after this. But, yeah, nice an avalanche right now, strawberry sky, maybe a seltzer. I, I'm not really in a seltzer mood. But whatever you get from Breckenridge. Oh, yeah? You are? Oh, I could do a seltzer. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. You had like it's that seltzer water at the game. Just similar. I did. I did. I, I tried to get you on that train. You weren't about no, it. No, I need the sugar <laughs> and the calories. I need something with some bulk if I'm going to sit there and drink something. But yeah, um, that's also how I'm feeling about the beer. Uh, but yeah, Breckenridge Brewery, they're incredible. They do all sorts of different stuff for us. They make this show possible. They make our tailgates possible. They give us beer for that. Um, they also sponsor the dance cam at the CU event center. Yes. So when they spin the little wheel and it's like, you have to do the Simba or you're dancing or wh- whatever. Breckenridge Brewery. They do all sorts of great stuff. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, also, DraftKings Sportsbook. So we talked when we were walking into the arena, and I said, well, I'm not going to bet on this game because the, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, it's a new team. I don't necessarily think that they're going to cover eight and a half points. I'm also not going to bet against the buffs if I'm covering a buffs game. But I did say, you know, if they wind up going down by a couple points, I'll make a bet. And that's what happened. Um, I wound up, what what kind of odds did I get? It was right before things got really bad. I bet at some point you could get like plus 500. But I was able to get like, uh, oh, here it is, plus 230 on the buffs. And I was like, oh, they got to come back. They got the talent differential. Made myself a little bit of money while also making money by working. DraftKings Sportsbook is great stuff. Um, and right now you can uh, take advantage of a special offer. If you haven't bet with DraftKings Sportsbook before, now is the time because if you bet $1 on either team to score, oh, no, if you bet on $1 on either team in an NFL game and there is a score, then you win $100 in free bets. That's all it takes is one of the teams to score. It's a great deal. If you haven't gotten in with DraftKings yet, this is the time because that's a lock. There hasn't been a 0-0 tie in like 70 years, 80 years or something. Um, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $1 on either team to score. 
and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, it's time for the first stock report of the year. We're going we're gonna to run through the names. We're going to say stock up, stock down. But then more importantly, are we buying or are we selling? Um, you know, you want to invest. You, th- you think things might get a little bit worse. You want to sell. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the game. Let's just start with our guy, Evan Batty. Um, it's, a, it's a tough one for him because he was 6 of 6 from the field. He had 16 points in 21 minutes. There's a lot to like. But also, the foul trouble. And this team cannot afford for him to not be out there. They can't afford for him to only play 21 minutes, especially in an overtime game. Um, So I think this is kind of a tough one. Is the stock up or is the stock down on Evan Batty after tonight's performance? Oh, man. Um, It's hard to say because it's the first game. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much that can happen. Um, And, you know, it's like that first impression. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't want to give him a bad rep. I think it's up right now. I think, you know, there's still a lot to see. We don't know enough. So I'm going to go up. I don't know what you're, what you're thinking, but. I'm picking up too, but it is a tough one. I, I think it is. Cause my thing is we've known that he's had issues with foul trouble, but I just hadn't really been thinking about that. And I don't think anybody else had just because there's so many other things going on with the team. You just look at Evan, you look at Eli and say, Okay those two pieces are just kind of set in stone. Mm. And so you talk about what else is going on with everybody else. And so now you go through this and it's like, that's right. Evan does have a tendency to get into foul trouble. And sometimes it isn't his fault. You know, today there's, there's a lot of things that uh, were his fault. I think a lot of those fouls were the right call, but, but there was one, there was a charge that I don't necessarily, or was that him? I think that was him. That was, it, or no, it could have been a charge. Uh, yeah. He was standing in the circle. Um, and so it probably should have been called on him. But there was another one where a guy's bounced off him and it was because he was big and it happens once a game is Evan Batty is just really big. And so there's a bad whistle that happens because of it. Um, mm-hmm. So that sucks. But he did so many things, six to six from the field, um, scoring, leading, all the stuff on the bench, all that stuff. You got to say stock up. Are you buying or selling? I think I'm going to be buying I feel like, yeah, I definitely think so. Again, you know, talking about it only getting better. I mean, he progressively gotten he progressively got better throughout the game, um, and I think that that's something you need to keep in mind. And so, I think as the season plays on, I think it's only there, there's only room for improvement at this point. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely buying. I yeah, I just don't think I have the heart to to sell eleven baddies off. <laughs> Like, I think even if I knew I was losing money, I'd still be got, buying. And so aggressively got better throughout the game. I've, I've got to, um, I've got to buy, I've got to buy. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's go to Keyshawn. I think this one's a pretty easy stock up. Uh, first game is a starting point guard filling in for McKinley, Wright. Um, plays 36 minutes. The second most on the team. He's also our DraftKings king of the game. Um, this was a tough call. So I actually, Marissa, I'm, we're going to stop with the stock report for just a second. 
Did I make okay. the right decision making Keyshawn Bartholomew the DraftKings king of the game, or should it have been Evan? Uh, first game, <sighs> point guard. I think he did a good job. I think he did it right. I think so, too. Obviously, yeah. I made the decision. Um, I mean, yeah, you're always right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's the way the show works. Um, yeah, it, it's just tough when he has that foul trouble because mm-hmm. I, there was more that he was capable of doing. And so you got to give it to somebody who played more than 21 minutes in the game. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think like coach said, like, he, you know, he, he does have room to grow, but one thing was, is he, he worked for it. So he kept working hard to get better at those things that he was constantly, you know, struggling with like the fouls or the, you know, turnovers and things. I think his turnovers were a concern for coach. And I think that was like one thing that he was like, you know, even though he made the mistake, he was the first one to come back. So. I agree. Um, I like uh, Ryan in the chat saying Nick with the king of the game. Not sure we need to be changing my name right now. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, Neek. I mean, we'll get we'll get to Neek. We'll get to Neek. Let's finish up Keyshawn. Thirty six minutes, six of eleven. Hit all three of his threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, added four boards, five rebounds. Um, he did have two turnovers. That's kind of a low number, especially with the steal. Nineteen points, the most uh, on the team. Um, stock is absolutely up because sure. I think there are a lot of questions coming into this. Was he ready to be a, a starting point guard? I thought yes, but there were some people who still said no. Um, stock is up. Are you buying or selling the stock right now, though? Because it's it's a little high. Oh man, I don't know. It's like a. I feel like it's like a fifty-fifty coin flop right now. Um, I'm gonna have to say. Uh, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna say buying. I I, I think that he was overall a consistent player and it was just something that, you know, you're not going to lose too much with him. So again, there's a lot that can happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick to it. I know I put, I'm buying too. I think I'm going to be doing too much buying tonight, honestly. Uh, Yeah. You could hold on to your stock if you want. Um, Sure. But yeah, I think uh, uh, today I put out my like 21 predictions for the season. And one of them was that, I can't remember what was with Keyshawn, but but one of the things I said in there was that he was going to have a season high of 28 points. And after seeing him put up 19 in the first first oh, yeah. night of the season, it makes me think I probably should have put that a little bit higher. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a nice scoring punch from the point guard spot, mm-hmm. especially for a team that can struggle to score at times. You always feel confident with him throwing up a three because I mean, at least one of the shots that he made was with it, somebody in his face. Like it, oh, yeah. it's not like he's just getting wide open and knocking him down. He can make some tough threes, and that's incredibly valuable for this team. Yeah, and they're clean. It's not like, you know, they're anything that you have to worry about. I mean, the minute he releases it from his hand, it's, you know, you have the confidence that it, at least it's going to go in at some point, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, let's go. Let's go with Jabari. 35 minutes, four of eight from the field, two of four from three. All of that sounds pretty good. Um, the eight rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block. Then you get to the six turnovers. Uh, yeah. 14 points, though. Um, stock up or stock down on Jabari tonight? 
<laughs> I feel like first half of the game, it has to be stock incredibly down. And then second half right. in overtime, it's like, yeah, I mean, he probably made up for it. Maybe. I don't know. Don't shoot me on this one, but I, I would say down. Um, okay. You know, I think like, you know, the turnovers and, and like mm-hmm. you said, those are just things that, you know, really counted against the team towards the end of the night. I mean, that was what they were trying to play catch up with. And so um, with stuff like that, I feel like that's that's something that you you can't guarantee. So I'm going to I'm going to say down. Yeah, I can't blame you for that. I mean, there's there are just too many stretches in the game where he just disappears. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who I think. I think the, the popular opinion at this point is that he he will be the best player on this team this season. You just can't have somebody who disappears. And and he's right. You know, we talked about the defensive mistakes. He he was one of the guys who was susceptible to making mistakes on that end of the court as well. Um, six turnovers, and that speaks for itself. What was, there were travels. There there were there were all sorts of different kinds of turnovers. Right. Um, there's just no consistency. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's something of concern at the moment. So a great pass though, at the end to, to, yes, set up. There, there were things yes. like that that you look at that are really exciting. You buying or selling? I think I'm buying. I yeah. think I am going to buy. Um, there's again, like I said, it's too early for us to determine anything, but I think that there is room for improvement and that he will get a rhythm and that's something that you can see in the future. So mm-hmm. buying what, what about you? I, uh, I'll buy two. I think, I think that we'll see some, some games like this though. I'm not mm-hmm. sure that, I mean, to this point in his career, he's been an inconsistent player. Right. And and expecting him to change that is I it's it's easier to bet on the status quo than than to not. Um right. I do think though that at some point in the season there's gonna be a stretch of games where he's putting up twenty a game and you're saying, Well, where has this been all year? And I wanna buy now so that I can sell at that point. Um I love that the chat is Ryan and Allie just fighting with each other. I, I know, <laughs> it's it's creating some uh tension. It's making mm-hmm. me uncomfortable, I think. Oh no. Oh <laughs> no. Uh, let's go to Neek next. Uh, three of seven, one of three from three, uh, nine boards, assist, a couple steals, a block, a turnover, 11 points. Uh, just just like kind of a glue guy performance. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's our sixth man. Tad's been calling him the, the sixth starter. And I think we saw that. He can go out there. He can get boards. He can push the, pu- push the ball up the court on the break. Um, he can score some points too. I, I think the stock has to be up tonight, especially, I mean, he was out there closing the game, right? He played that whole overtime. He played the end of that fourth quarter. And that's a guy who didn't play all that much at all last year as a freshman. So stock is absolutely up. Right. And I think he's going to be the constant this entire season. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep this team like level. If anything, um, he ended up, you know, creating more towards the end of the game, but the rebounds and, and, and the way that he played tonight, I, it, he's consistent and that's something that you need. So he's definitely up. And I think throughout the rest of the season, um, he's going to continue to create that, that um, for the team, that consistency. Yep. And I, I kind of, he's somebody who could wind up being, instead of being like your sixth starter, as Tad says, just one of your right. actual starters. Yeah. Because uh, he played like it. And I think having that presence on the bench, bench especially with how young the bench is, it's valuable, but it's something that who knows if there comes a time in the season where Tad's looking to shake things up, mm-hmm. that's probably the first place I would look. And if it's not there, it's probably to KJ Simpson. Um, only played 13 minutes tonight, but it felt like he was out there more. Um, 
Oh, did do we say are we buying or selling Neek? I'll buy Neek stock. Oh, I, I'm I'm buying. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, with KJ, I mean, it felt like he was out there a lot. Tad said after the game they need to get him out there even more. 13 mm-hmm. minutes. See, that surprises me. Um, again, these numbers, like he doesn't show up in the stat sheet all that much. I mean, he had a, re- a rebound and assist, six points, and that's all he registered. But it seems like the minutes were a lot louder than that, at least to me. Yeah. Um, you know, as of now, we, we haven't seen enough, but I think mm-hmm. that as like coach said, I think we need to see more for us to consider what type of player he's going to be, but he, he definitely did enough. I think nothing that you sit there and you're like, Oh, I don't know about this guy. You know, we'll see what happens. So. Yep. Also before the, before the game, he dropped that, uh, the jump rope and it kind of hit my foot and there's, there's like a mark on my shoe Did he? and I didn't shoe? put it together until after but it's not from that, but I realize now that he thought that the jump rope handle had put that mark there. Oh. And so I was like, what? <laughs> he got so panicked. He like came over to your foot and was like, oh no. I was confused. Exactly. I feel like I need to let him know that everything's okay. But yeah, KJ, just a big ball of energy. And I, I'm excited to see where he goes. I'm buying the stock. Absolutely. Oh. I, I love it. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's the energy. I was watching him earlier. Like mm-hmm. he was the one dancing. He was the one getting hyped. And even off the, you know, um, off the bench, you could just see him like trying to get that team. Cause I think the bench plays a big part in how a team reacts throughout the game. If you don't have an energized bench, you don't have an energized team. Um, I think they play a really important role and I don't think people realize that. Um, but he's the one that kept people like going the entire game. You know, you have Evan that has that senior mentality that is being really, you know, is trying to keep people level, but you also need that other side that's, you know, getting people going when you are losing and when you're not, or you are struggling at some point. And he was that person. So for sure, I'm buying if that's what you were asking, but yes, <laughs> I Absolutely. fully buy into that. <laughs> okay. We're going to go rapid fire through a couple of these. Uh, Tristan De Silva wasn't out there all that much. Um, six points. You want to buy, sell any of that stock? Uh, I don't know. Sell maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. okay. Um, I'll buy Throw it. it out there. Bro. Why not? Um, Lawson Lovering, big guy. I mean, we we didn't see all that much of him because he fouled out so quickly. Yeah. Thirteen minutes to get five fouls, which again, it's something that happens with young big men. Like they just don't know how to control their bodies. He's never played a college basketball game before. He's it's. I wish that there had been a way on DraftKings to bet on Lawson Lovering to foul out because even though I didn't think of it before the game, if I had seen that in there, I would have been like, "Huh, yeah, you could totally see this happening." Um, right. Puts up three points. Looks a little, you know, he's a freshman. He's a freshman out there. Right. Going up against that number 13 guy who is not a freshman at all. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, one yeah. Of, I'll buy that one. I'll throw that out there. Yeah, well, in his defense, there was a couple of those fouls that I wouldn't call fouls on his mm-hmm. part. Um, you know, again, going back to the bad calling on the refs. But um, yeah, you know, I'll buy. Let's do it. Anybody else that you have any strong feelings about before we move on? Ellie, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's hit the, uh, thing that we're going to hit the, uh, oh, the, the blame game. We're gonna, we usually don't end on the negative note, 
But just really quickly, let's just run through here. What what went wrong? And and who who do we have to blame for the things that went wrong? Oh man. Um again going back to the fouling and the lack of defense in some moments of the game. Mm-hmm. Um that definitely re- went wrong. If anything, I think that's like again going back. It, that's our biggest concern this season is trying mm-hmm. to figure out that defense. Um I don't know if there's anyone in particular that you would need to blame. I would say some of our down low people, you know, our center and those those For wings. Sure. Um, they weren't on help side and, and there was a lot of times, like there's only so much on switches and stuff like that and communicating, but like you talked about, people would drive to the middle and the minute the defense claps, they would just toss it out and they would hit the threes and they were on tonight. And so like you needed someone to shift over and get that man and they just weren't there. And that's why, you know, MSU had no problem, you know, getting in a rhythm with their threes. So I don't know if it's anything in particular. I would say it's probably our bigger people though, our, our bigs. Yeah. I think, I think the easy one, honestly, if we're just talking about like who, who were the reasons that Montana state was able to build whatever it was, a 14 point lead. I think you got to point the finger at Evan. I mean, he was on yeah. the bench too much when they needed him to be on the court. I think mm-hmm. that's one way to go. I think Jabari made some mistakes um, on the defensive end that, that were kind of what you're talking about, but also with some turnovers. I think mm-hmm. that he's one that you could probably point a finger at. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I feel like that's pretty easy. I mean, I, I think you also talked about lots of guys though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were, we were making fun of it. Um, I mean, the ball looked at some points, like it had like oil on it. The guys would like go to grab it and it would just like fly out. And there were plenty of breakaway moments where you're like, this is an easy layup or even a dunk. And it would just like fly out of bounds and they would lose that possession. And, Mm -hmm. you know, those were important possessions that would have kept them at least, you know, closer within that big lead or, or even with MSU. And they just kept throwing it away. I, yeah. I mean, Ryan wants to only talk about Neek. I'm I'm kind of down, but I mean, there was the possession. I can't remember if it was overtime or end of the fourth quarter. I think it was toward the end of the fourth quarter where he had a block and then he got, they got the ball back and he got the steal. Mm-hmm. And then he wound up, he, he dribbled off his leg. I think he went to go do like a spin move. And I mm-hmm. think he lost it. Like he went too much, like the momentum and it just threw it right out. There's just so many things like that. And Keyshawn had one where they're getting up the court and it's kind of on the break. And that one absolutely went off his leg and over the end line. Like just the amount of little tiny mistakes. Like it's honestly surprising to see they only had 16 turnovers. And it must just be because the turnovers that they had were so ugly that you just, they're just burned into your brain. And it's not that like, I mean, 16 is a pretty big number of turnovers. Like that's not a number that coach looks at and says, oh yeah, that was fine. I guess you factor in those overtime too, which makes it a little better. But I I expected, if I hadn't been paying attention all game, I guess, I would have expected to look down and see 20, 22. Oh, for sure. Or, but I don't know. And the, the, the rebounding too. It just seemed like there were so many balls that slipped through guys' hands. Right. 
Right. Well, and I think, well, I just think in general, this game was super messy. Like there, there, it was just not a, it wasn't a clean game. Like we can't walk away saying like, wow, that was just an all around good game. Like they played well, obviously they won, but everything was just like scrapping. Like they were scrapping for everything in every aspect of the game, like offensively, um, you know, defensively, the rebounds offensively and defensively, like everything, even the turnovers, like everything was just a mess but somehow they were able to put it together and create a win for them which is you know positive for us yeah it, it worked out again like i said at the beginning i almost i don't know it would absolutely be more encouraging if they had gone out there and just won by 40 points but there's a case to be made that there's a lot of value in going through what they went through and coming back from being down 14 points and having to play in those close game scenarios at the end of the fourth quarter and then go into overtime with all the pressures that come along with overtime. And it just forces you to grow up. And I think on top of that, like the crowd was really into it at the, at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they started making that run, the crowd was ready to buy in. And I think that understanding that you can make the crowd act like that and just going through the feeling of what that's like, there I don't know. Again, it'd be better if they had just won by 40. But there's so much that you can learn in those situations, and I think that they did. And I think the fact that they were able to come out on top while they did it, you just have to to love what happened. Right, and it gives you a glimpse of what this team could be. So, like, they weren't completely on tonight, um, and there was a lot of, you know, room, a lot of error. But they still came out winning. So imagine what this team could be. if all the stars aligned, like they are going to be unstoppable, like they'll be great, you know? So Mm -hmm. it it gives you an idea that even on one of the games that they come out scrapping, you know, they can still win. Like it's still possible. And then like, as the teams get harder or the season Mm -hmm. progresses and they learn more um, and they sit in that film room and they have these conversations as a team, like it's only going to get better. And if they do have games like this, we know that they can still come out of, out of it on top. For sure. Um, I think this is my last question before we get out of here, but what I think Tad said after the game, they're going to take tomorrow off and they're going to play or they're going to practice Friday or Thursday and Friday before the next game on Saturday. If you're the coach, what, what are you, what, what is going on in those practices? What are you emphasizing? What are you trying to fix over the course of the next few days? Man, I think, you know, it's, taking a step back I think you know especially as we get into the season pre preseason is all or I mean leading up to season it's all this strategic planning it's it's the redundant plays and, and going over those defensive moves and then when you get in the game you stop focusing on that but I think these next couple of days I think it's going to need to take that step back and going through those, you know, those movements again and really understanding, you know, where you are in the court. But also I think it also may be practices where you're learning to trust your teammate. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if coach puts them through some trust exercises. And I'm not saying like, you know, the trust fall, but it's, you know, it's, it's relying and communicating. And I think communication is a big play into trust. And so I'm sure they'll do a lot of things that are repetitive around those things. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, just grabbing the ball, just dribbling the ball up the court. Right. Like there's so many times where I don't, I don't know what causes that. It just seems like they're they're getting distracted. Like they're looking around, and then all of a sudden, they don't know where the ball is. Just just again, like you said, take a step back, just right. slow things down a little bit, and 
Well, when a player loses a ball, it's right. Well, when a when a when a player loses a ball, it usually means that they're already on to that next movement. Like they're already mm -hmm. one step ahead, and so their their brain is already moving towards like, okay, I need to make this move, and their body has not followed that, and so that's where those mistakes come in. I was the queen of doing that, and it <laughs> took years for me to learn like to slow yourself down and and not you know speed that up and again that just comes with experience but um yeah they need to take a step back and I also think maybe I don't know if coaches are already doing this but more game situations where they understand like okay if this happens this is how we adjust um because who knows like I said they could be just sitting there doing all these um fundamental exercises or these you know things that they're doing and they're not really getting that game experience that they need I've uh, I've seen quite a few of these practices, and there have been a lot of games uh, situations. Good. Um, and uh, a lot of them end with a coach screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what are you thinking? Like you're being, you're turning the ball over. Like there'll be something where it's like, oh, there's three minutes left in pra in the game. Let's see what happens, and they'll combine for like two points. <laughs> it was like right. this didn't go well. Well, yeah. and I, it's always frustrating when coaches do that because you're like three minutes is a lot of stress. Like mm -hmm. you need almost like those open scrimmages. And it's kind of like one of those mm -hmm. things where like coaches are not really into it. Cause you can hurt yourself or players, you know, yeah. roll an ankle before a game and something, but maybe it's just something they learn, you know, through each game that they play. Um, but I do think that a big focus, and I think coach even said it over and over in the press conference today, they need to take a step back and kind of just relax for a second mm -hmm. and then really focus on these fundamental things that they're missing. Basketball is a really long game. It like is. That, that part that was really exciting at the end, it took a long time to get there. And I think that it's good for them to see like, okay, those are those moments where you really need to lie, like the, whatever. But the rest of the game, you're just out there playing basketball. Like, just mm -hmm. don't screw up. Like, just relax and go play. And then when whatever happens, happens, and you need to be trying to find a way to get a three-pointer because there's 20 seconds left or whatever the scenario was, that's when you go through and do that stuff. But, yeah, there is something to be said for just going out there and playing basketball in practice because that's all you're going to do. Um, mm -hmm. It's after 1 in the morning. It's probably time to be done with this. It was probably time to be done with this a while ago. Honestly. <laughs> uh, but thanks, Marissa, for jumping on. I'm sure we'll be doing this quite a bit throughout the season. Um, shout out to producer Kale behind the scenes. And uh, we'll see you guys on the, first of all, DMVR Buffs podcast tomorrow. But then um, there's Kale making some hand moves. Uh, but then we'll have a post-game show for the Buffs uh, football game on Saturday. We'll see you guys then. Good night.